A title that I have for you this morning is called uh, A Close Encounter of the God Kind. And so for, for some of these younger people, I'm, now I'm only 34. I, I was not around when the movie came out, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. But I remember it well enough from uh, going on TV and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, but uh, I just really wanted to share about what an encounter with the Lord looks like, why we need to have one. And so that's where we're going this morning. And so first I looked up, you know, what, you know, sometimes we use words so often, we, we just get used to it meaning a certain thing. It's kind of like when um, you're singing a song in the car and someone's like, that's not what that song was. You know, you've, got, you've, you've had the lyrics wrong the whole time and, uh, and you were so sure it was, but anyway... So I know we've all done that, but so I, I just decided to look up an encounter is an, an unexpected meeting. It's an unexpected uh, time when something comes to you. And so, um, you know, it's interesting because I said, well, Lord, you know, why is this so important? These unexpected meetings, because aren't we supposed to come with expectation and knowing you and being around you all the time? And so first, what I want to tell you is that um, sort of the, the expected encounter is a meeting, is, is relationship, is time with the Lord. And so I want to first encourage you as we talk this morning um, that that is a bedrock foundational thing, is the Lord desires to be in relationship with us, with each and every one of us. And so uh, I encourage you to, to be in the Word, spend time with the Lord, pray. Worship, all those things are intentional desires to be in relationship with the Lord. Now, here's why encounters are so important. Here's why the unexpected in your life is so important. Because so often what happens is, is as a part of getting into the relationship with the Lord and many times with each other, um, what happens is, is we expectations creep in and we expect it to look a certain way. We expect God to come at us a certain way. We expect worship, you know, oh, I know what it's going to look like today. And we fall into this routine and expectation. And we need an encounter from the Holy Spirit. We need an encounter from the Lord to break us out and to shake us up from the rote routine that is, we so easily get caught up in. It's so easy, guys, to just get into coast mode, you know, well, you know, especially if you live a routine lifestyle. And I just want to let you know I'm not criticizing routine. Routine is valuable. It brings structure. It brings support. It brings security. But I'm going to tell you that if you look through the Bible, that, that God is all over the place. Amen. He is breaking people out of their routine so that they will see who he is. Okay. Um, so the Bible is full of God encounters. You know, I, I did some research and I saw that in the Old Testament alone, there are 50 different people just written about, I'm not talking about the unwritten stuff because there's a ton of it that, that didn't make it in. But at least 50 people had personal, actual, I see him, God encounters throughout the scriptures in the Old Testament. And of course, in the New Testament, it's even more. Why would that be? 
That's right. Because Jesus, because God in the flesh appeared in the New Testament and so many thousands upon thousands laid eyes on him. So, um, because Jesus was in the flesh, but so many people, I thought about the, um, the time when he, he's feeding the 5,000. How many people were there because they, they heard about this rabbi, this teacher, they heard about this guy doing miracles and amazing things, but they're not quite sure who he is. So they're gathered there to sort of figure it out. Why, what's this guy all about? So they're literally looking at the face of God, but they're not sure who they're looking at yet. So many times we have an encounter with the Lord, but we don't realize that's what's going on. So it's so important that we pay attention. And so that's what I'm talking about this morning. And so um, in Acts 9, one of the most famous encounters in the scriptures is when Paul or then Saul gets a God encounter on the road to Damascus. And so I'm just going to start and read off a little bit to you guys. We're going to unpack this a little bit. Um, Now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, and in relentless search for believers, went to the high priest, and he asked for letters of authority from him to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any men or women there belonging to the way, which would be followers of Jesus, Men and women alike, he could arrest them and bring them bound with chains to Jerusalem. Now, as he, traveled, as he traveled, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, displaying the glory from heaven. And, at this, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me and oppressing me? And Saul said, who are you, Lord? I'm going to tell you, that's a strange thing to say. Because the voice of the Lord's coming down. He he's, wants to know first, who, who's speaking to me? And guys, it's important to remember that Saul, before he became Paul, was a devoutly religious man. He was very learned in the scriptures. And he considered himself fulfilling God's work to the fullest. He was so sure when he came and got the, those letters of authority from the priests that he was going to go and bind up the people that the Lord had called, that he was doing exactly what the Lord had called him to do. He was so confident in it, yet he was missing it big time. And it's so important that we notice this because guys are so many times where we're so sure that we're doing what the Lord's asked us to do, but we are missing it. And we're missing it not because we need to be like in fear, like, oh man, I hope that was from the Lord. You know, it's not meant to bring fear. Look, Saul was missing it because he's wrapped up in himself. He's wrapped up in the, the power that he can grab, the name that he can make for himself. You know, that's such a picture when he was holding the coats as they were throwing the stones at, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Stephen, thank you. Um, as they were stoning Stephen, he's holding the coats. And I just, I just picture this look on his face, you know, like, you know, this, 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 this is going to take me somewhere. 
and just the, 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 the lie that he had bought into that persecuting the people of the Lord is where he's supposed to go. But we miss it too. So he says, who are you, Lord? Because he doesn't know who this person is. And the Lord says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men who were traveling with him, terrified and speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one, they got Saul up and his eye, it says in the scriptures here, his eyes were open, but he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. So see, now this is really cool. Um, he's, he's already headed there on a certain mission. The Lord stops him short of that mission on the road. It's not like he hit him. Why hit him on the road? Why hit him on the way? He stops him mid-mission, strikes him, and then he has to be led correctly, blindly, before the Lord the rest of the way down the road. He arrives into town, and it says, unable to see for three days, he neither ate nor drank. Sometimes we have such a powerful encounter with the Lord that we don't know what to do with it. And it's so easy if we don't, if we don't meditate on it, if we don't chew on it, if we don't wonder, Lord, what was that all about? What was that experience that I had? What was that touch that I received in worship or that prophetic word someone spoke over me? What was that all about? Uh, so many times I have people walk up to me and they're like, you know, hey, I had this dream or someone gave me this word, you know, what does it mean? And so many of those things, the encounters that we have with the Lord, they're designed for us to chew on. They're not meant for immediate, you know, consumption. They're not meant, oh, well, that's great. All right, now that means uh, I need to drive this way to work instead of that way to work. You know, the Lord is, he desires for us to draw into a relationship with him. And how we do that is by meditating and considering and so for three days, he neither ate nor drank. Now, um, it's important when we have an encounter with the Lord that we do chew on it, we consider it, we test it. You know, I, I put a little note in here because I, it was important for us to know when is an encounter with the Lord fake or real? When can we discern, is this legitimately from the Lord or is this something else? And first, I want you to know that the God that we serve is not someone to, be, to fool or to trick. He's not out to confuse you. That's the enemy. And that's our flesh many times. Uh, resisting what the Lord has brought. And so I just want to encourage you guys that how we discern what's fake and what's real, first of all, be in the scriptures. Weigh it with the word. If you don't know what the word says... I'm telling you, you're just flapping in the wind here. You're just like, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I'm not sure. You got to get into the word and know what it says, or you're not going to know where this is coming from. Amen. The other thing is you need to be in constant relationship with the Lord. Pray on it. There are several people that said, this person said this to me. What should I do about that? I tell them, 
put it on your spiritual shelf. Okay, it's still in plain view. It's over there. You didn't throw it away. You didn't block it from being received. Put it on your spiritual shelf and pray on it, meditate on it. And if it's from the Lord, the Lord will say, hey, that thing over there, take it off the shelf. It's time. It's time to to use it. It's time to integrate it into your life. So put stuff on the spiritual shelf if you're not sure. The time and, and your relationship with the Lord will reveal whether it's from him or not. So, and then God gives us confirmation. That's the other way. The Lord always confirms. He doesn't leave you hanging out there on a branch just wondering, well, I hope this is right. He gives you confirmation. And so in uh, back to Acts 9, Paul's confirmation is a man by the name of Ananias. And Ananias is a leader in the early church. And it says, starting in verse 10, Now in Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he answered, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight and ask at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying there. Um, and he, he also mentions, you know, that I sent Saul a vision that you're coming, so he's ready. And, uh, and I'm just going to paraphrase the rest of it and just say that basically Ananias knows who Saul is. He's infamous in the region, and he's, he's concerned. He's saying, Lord, uh, you know, are you sure about this? Because this guy binds people like us up in chains and hauls them away, most likely to a very unfair trial that ends in death. And so Ananias is like, you know, are you sure about that? And I got to tell you guys, when we have an encounter with the Lord, when the Lord calls us to something, many times he calls us to something that we're like, huh. <laughs> are you sure about that, Lord? I'm not sure if that was from the Lord. I'm going to put that on my spiritual shelf. <laughs> you know, um, I'm telling you guys, so many times the Lord's telling us things. And if it's an encounter, it's because he's trying to shake you out of your routine where you're not going to see it. If he, if he doesn't give you a dramatic encounter. And so Ananias is being challenged here. He's saying, I'm going to send you to a really bad dude and let's see here. Let me pull up because he declares who he's sending him to. Um, he says, just to back up in 13, says, Ananias says, Lord, I've heard from many people about this man, especially how much suffering and evil he has brought to your saints um, at Jerusalem. And I heard he has authority you know, to, to bind people up. And uh, Jesus responds back and says, go for this man is a deliberately chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. So this isn't just some little, you know, hey, go tell this guy because he's going to go be a preacher in the region. He's saying, I'm sending you to a man who I have a major kingdom plan for. He's going to reveal me to the Gentiles, which is basically all the world except for the Hebrew people, to kings, to, to men of great influence in nations. 
and to the sons of Israel, to God's chosen people. He's saying, this is who I'm sending you to. And guys, if you don't know, Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament. A, a murderer, someone who missed it and is just crazy messed up. So I want you to know, we're going to miss it. We've made mistakes, but that doesn't mean that the Lord isn't going to use us to transform nations and to transform the world. But we have to be open to receiving the encounter he's bringing to us. As I was praying and asking the Lord, you know, a lot of stuff has been happening in Lauren and I's life. It's been a, a rapid, rapid change. Since we moved here in 2014, I had no idea. I mean, every year I feel like I'm like, oh, I had no idea. <laughs> it's always like that. But that's because so many things are, are encounters. If I'm telling you, if the Lord, like, sent me an email and said, here's what's going to happen in the next five years, I'd be like, I'd probably check my laptop out the window because in, <laughs> in such, such fear because so many things, the Lord, he's such a good father. He, he doesn't tell us too much. <laughs> he gives us just a little bit. And he says, here, this is, this is all you can handle right now. <laughs> and, and even that part, you're giving that, Lord, no, that's too much. But he's so patient with us. He's so patient with us. And so I want to take you to the, the next segment here, which is, so we have the encounter. So we're ready to receive the encounter. We know that it's from the Lord. Now what? So we need faith to match it. So just like he's the Lord's giving Ananias faith by saying this is who, you know, it's going to be worth it because this guy's big time. You know, I know it's, it's, it's freaky, it's scary, but I'm just assuring you this guy's going to be worth it. Just like that, we need our faith to rise up because we've got to have the faith to match what the Lord has called us to. Well, so how do we do it? Well, first of all, I want you to know that God never forces us. He always wants to work with us. Okay? He didn't force Saul. He gave him an encounter. And you know what? Saul could have, when, when he was prayed over by Ananias and anointed and his eyes got healed, he could have completely rejected that and said, ah, I guess I had an eye infection. You know, ugh, I'm glad that's gone. Thanks for uh, the oil. I guess maybe the oil got in there and you know, cleaned it out or something. And, I, and I'm telling you this because that might sound silly, but how many times have we or, or friends or, or people we've talked to, we think, oh, it's so obvious. How can you not see it? But yet we're just, whatever it is, so fearful, so nervous of how it's going to change our lives that we... We discount it or we say it's not from the Lord. It's so important that our faith rises up to match it. I'm, I'm going to use a few quotes here. You know, we, we got to listen to Jason Upton, and he said some incredible things in the, the conference. And uh, one really powerful thing is, um, this is what he said. I'm going to paraphrase it. So often in our lives, uh, we're hoping for something. We're having faith for something coming in our lives. You know, I have faith that this person's going to be healed, or I prayed over them, or, or I'm just, I'm hoping for that breakthrough financially. 
and we wait and you know maybe it doesn't happen or it doesn't happen the way we thought and we wait again and we're just you know sometimes it's just so easy like I give up that's not going to happen oh, I, I guess that maybe I didn't pray right it's not the right season the right time you know and we give up so quickly we give up on hope we give up on faith so quickly but yet when it comes to fear when it comes to anxiety when it comes to control we give it chance after chance after chance after chance and those things are void they always return void we're never going to get anything out of those things but yet we're just back at oh, oh fearful again oh man you know I, i'm telling you on the trip there's a few times where you know i'm just so into the timing and staying on schedule and stuff it's it's hard to just be like anxiety you know we got we got another place to be i've got we got a whole group to corral but we can't give those things license in our life we can't allow them in we've got to say nope i'm putting the block on you i do not trust in you anymore and i'm going to stand in faith that the lord knows what he's doing even if i can't see it so we we got to give faith and hope every chance and anxiety and fear sorry your chances are over all right <laughs> and so i want to share a few more things about our faith rising up one is that it often it doesn't look like we think it's supposed to look like and so um, borrowing a few more things from the conference here um, in acts 16 starting in verse 22 paul and silas are in prison and they're in a situation that's pretty dire. I don't know about you guys. I didn't do a lot of research into um, ancient prisons and what they look like and the conditions. But I can assure you they did not have running water or plumbing. And they were probably not fun places. They also didn't have air conditioning. So just, uh, it was not a fun place to be. But, I, I, but they worship the Lord in the prison. They were going after the Lord. And I don't, I don't really have anything to, to read. I'm just going to be paraphrasing. Um, and all of a sudden, as they're worshiping and praying, an earthquake hits. And, and a spiritual one, but a literal one, hits and shakes down the walls of the prison breaks the chains off of not just them, not just the worshiping people, but everyone around them, believer and unbeliever alike. Chains are broken off. And of course, the majority of the, uh, uh, of the prisoners, you know, like, sweet, they hit the road. <laughs> and it would have been so easy for Paul to say, <laughs> uh, excuse me, for, yeah, for Paul to say, well, answer prayer. Thank you, Lord. That was the, the encounter I was looking for. Silas, come on, let's go. But the presence of the Lord was so strong, not just around the building to bring it down, but in the worship that Paul was like, hold on, Silas. We're not going anywhere. The presence of the Lord is right here, right now. And we're not going to miss the assignment that the Lord has for us. Don't miss the assignment that the Lord has for you. 
it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to say, well, there it is. I'm headed this way. But you've done it too quick, too soon, and you've jumped too fast. You know, the, the, the Lord isn't going to just do a quick, and then you're like, oh, was that it? Did I miss it? He's, he's patient. He's slow. He's not going to just do the quick thing and then, oh, man, I missed it. He's, he, you're going to know. You're going to hear from him. And so they waited. And what happened? But the jailer who just saw all that happen is like, uh, I'm in big trouble. I better just, you know, end it now. And, uh, and so Paul comes over there, says, Silas, here's, there's our assignment over there. And he goes and eats with the jailer and with his family, and they all become believers. Amen. We don't want to miss that. An entire family comes to the Lord because they waited patiently. We've got to wait patiently. We've got to wait upon the Lord and have faith that he's doing what he's doing. And don't be so quick to get out of our uncomfortable situation. All right. So the last thing I want to talk to you about is that we've, when we've had an encounter and when our faith rises up to meet the encounter that's happened to us, now it's time to lay hold of it. Now it's time to grab hold of what the Lord's done and integrate it into our lives and make it work for us the way the Lord intends. And this is a difficult area. You know, I have so many of you guys, so many young adults, so many uh, students that come to me, they've had an incredible encounter. They, they have the faith to see it through, but the, the area that they're having a hard time in is laying hold of it. How do I grab onto it and keep it going? And, and to be honest, a lot of the difficulty in that isn't, it's just lack of experience. It's just, you haven't been around long enough. Haven't been doing this thing long enough. I'm not quite sure how do you do it, you know? It's, it's the learning. But we have to lay hold of it. And one is, first we have to recognize that the God that we serve is a God of action. He doesn't just sit around. And I just want to challenge you guys. The Lord gave this to me last night. Passive faith will produce a life where everything passes us by. Okay, I just want to repeat that to you again. Passive faith will produce a life where everything passes us by. If we're just going to sit there and say, oh, I'm ready to receive, you know, I'm ready for the Lord. What are you going to do for me today? I'm telling you, every encounter, every opportunity is just going to keep on passing by. It's going to keep on going by. We're, we're called to be active in our faith, going after it. Hey, some of you, maybe you're like, oh, but I don't want to mess it up. Let me ask you, how many of you, and, and this didn't work so well when I asked the junior high a few weeks ago. I said, how many of you, you hopped on the bike and immediately you're just, and, and almost all like, oh, yeah, I got on the bike and no problem. You know, immediately I knew how to ride it. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, that at least wasn't my experience. So often when we're learning something, we're really wobbly. We're, uh, you know, dad's holding on to the shirt. You know, we're trying to get it figured out. You know, the, the Lord's holding on to us as we're figuring it out. But, you know, sometimes 
when, when we let us go, you know, we think we got it, we got it, and we fall over and scrape our knees, you know. We, we, we get hurt a little bit, but that's okay. Part of learning how to ride the bike, part of learning how to lay hold of the things of the Lord is we're going to get our knees scraped, especially if we're on our knees, reaching out to the Lord. And so I encourage you guys, don't let fear of making a mistake or messing up hold you back from laying hold of the things of the Lord, okay? He covers you. I'm not, now, that doesn't mean go nuts and go crazy and be all dysfunctional about it. I, you know, don't go the other direction either. He covers us, but we can still make a mess. So be spirit-led about it. So I wrote these uh, one, two, three, four, five things down. <laughs> um, we need to, to lay hold of it, we need to, oh, and repeat this after me, guys, we need to walk it out, walk it out. write it down, write it down. Pray, it pray it up, share it, share it. And, practice. and practice. Okay? It's so important if we're going to lay hold of it, we've got to do all those things. We've got to walk it out, just start to test it out. We've got to write it down, document it. If the Lord's saying something to you, you need to know what did he say. It's so easy for us to, I mean, even, you know, if I don't write my dreams down, you know, I won't remember them. And then I'm like, oh, what was he trying to tell me? We've, we've got to pray it up and say, Lord, what was that about? And we need to share it. You know, so many times, because the Lord's so relational, we, we're, we're on our own trying to, oh, man, I got the Bible out now. Whew, it's, it's in here somewhere. We're in here, we're, we're praying, we're doing our thing, but we've never actually come up to someone and said, hey, the Lord's telling me this, what do you think? Someone else who's healthy, who's walking in the Lord. That's right. We've got to share it with that person that we, we can trust, that we know is walking healthy in the Lord, and say, hey, you know, what do you think about this? You know, give me some insight. That's how the Lord designed us. You're missing a piece if you're doing Jesus stuff by yourself. Okay? And so, um, you know, I wanted to tell you about and remind you, Genesis 32 has one of the best examples, one of the most obvious examples of laying hold of the things the Lord has from you. And Genesis 32, if you don't know it, it's when Jacob wrestles with the angel. And Jacob is a guy, if you've read anything about him, you know, fooled Esau, got his blessing, you know, all sorts of shady stuff. You know, Jacob was definitely a shady character, but he got a ton of stuff from the Lord. And, you know, sometimes when you're just aggressive and you're like, Lord, I want it, I want it from you. You know, even if you don't go about it the best way, you know, you're desire and your fervor from the Lord and you're, you're wrestling with him on it. He just gives it. And that's what happened in Genesis 32 is Jacob is literally, physically, with the strength of his body, wrestling with an angel. And the, the scriptures say that that angel was God in the form of an angel. And so there's a lot to that. And we don't really have time to discuss that. But I'll just tell you that he wrestled with him through the night, and finally the angel was like, okay, what do you want? And, and he's like, I want the blessing. And he's basically, I want it all. 
And so even if we don't go about it the right way all the time, our hunger for the Lord, it just, it overrides so many things. And so I just want to encourage you, even if you're not sure how to lay hold of it, just be like, Lord, just show me what I'm supposed to do. Show me how I'm supposed to do it, how I'm supposed to grab onto you. Having encounters with the Lord, I just, I want to hit a little bit more on uh, uncomfortability. And, uh, you know, I, I thought back a while back, um, uh, some family members and I were at an amusement park, and it was one of those, like, off days. There was, like, no one there. And um, I made a huge mistake. I uh, have a weakness for churros, and I, uh, I ate several, and then I went, <laughs> I went on their fastest roller coaster, and don't worry, I, I held it down. But, uh, uh, but, uh, but I got on, and, and the family member I was with, my uh, sister-in-law, she was just so excited because there's no lines. She's like, let's do it again, you know? So we got on it again and again, and oh my gosh. Um, but what that reminded me really is such a picture of our experience with the Lord is, uh, <laughs> is is we get on this thing, we don't know what we're getting on, and then <laughs> here we go. You know, off we go, and we're going in loops, and we're going in circles, and you know, our face is, you know, like this, and we're like, Lord, where are you taking me? What's happening? And uh, we're, we're, we're scared, we're excited, we're, we're, our hands are up, and we're screaming. You know, it's all there. But... We're, you're committed. We're committed, aren't we? We've said yes to the Lord, right? So we got on the roller coaster already. Except the Lord's not going to take us, you know, uh, sometimes that's misrepresented or used that, the, you know, I'm on a roller coaster, meaning I'm up and I'm down. But that's not what I'm talking about. You know, the roller coaster I rode on, there was no down, it was all up. And, you know, sometimes we're more up and, and less up, but we're always up with the Lord. And so I want to encourage you guys as we, you know, as we come to a close here, I want to just challenge you to just fully commit to the Lord, fully desire an encounter with him. <laughs> 